Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When I say I'm so happy you're here, it's because I really am. Of course, this is Muslims and the Dunya. My name is Mo Quick. This podcast is all about the striving person. You ever feel like, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to be the best Muslim I can be. But then when you walk out that door, and somebody call you, now you find yourself somewhere you're not supposed to be doing something you're not supposed to be doing, and you just like, man, I really want to do better. But if you didn't know, I'm here to tell you, the best Muslim is not the perfect Muslim. The best Muslim is the striving Muslim. So as long as you put it in your heart that you want to be better, that's really all we can do. And that's what he wants from you. So this podcast is all about that. I got a super dope guest today. DJ Cash is uh, here. Thanks for having me. As-salamu alaykum. I'm so happy you're here. I'm, I'm, I love that you're doing this, first of all. <laughs> I think this is super duper amazing. You know what I mean? So You know what? It's crazy because when... Um, I started putting my hijab back on, mm -hmm. and you text me, and you were like, whoa, I didn't know you were Muslim. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know you were Muslim. <laughs> and it's like that instant connection. It, it's something about yeah. that, because Cash is a world-renowned DJ, um, super huge in the industry. He's been from different radio stations all over, hip-hop, reggae, like the scene. So for us to be in such a culture, in such a faith as Islam and still be able to, you know, move and groove through a culture that's not really, you know. Where everything is haram. <laughs> that's the best way Every, to put it. Everything is haram. Wow, like, that's let's like not even get around the bush. <laughs> everything, it's everything like, it's is like, haram. It, when you meet somebody, you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy that you're here too. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. But we're here together. Sure. And it's sure. like you, you, you have that, that energy energy where it's like, thank you. Thank you for knowing me and knowing that I may be doing something, but that's not who I am. Yeah. And and when I seen you put your hijab back on, I thought that was like one of the most beautiful things in the world. I think that is like, you do that, you, you, when you do things like that too, like the people around you, you make stronger because it's like, mm. wow, okay. If she can do it, I can do yeah, it. Yeah, if she's in that industry and friend. she's and she'll stand up and she'll take whatever phase she got to take, you know what I mean? From because <laughs> I know that comes with a lot of pushback, and especially mm. in today's world, especially against Muslims, especially being black. Mm. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it has it its, a lot of <laughs> it, it has its challenges. You know what I mean? So I super commend you for that because what you did takes a lot of strength. You know, it's crazy because that's how I wanted to start the show. I really wanted to start with just being vulnerable, you know, mm -hmm. um, sharing this space with you to speaking of the strength and the pushback. It's like when I made that transition during Ramadan last year, mm. I was doing my job at night. So on the radio, you play these songs, you have to endorse these products, all of them which go against everything you believe in. <laughs> but now that I have decided to actually walk in my faith. It's one thing to be a person of a faith, but to practice that faith out loud in your everyday life is completely different. So sure. me having to go back to a space where I'm saying, all right, make sure you keep listening because City Girls WAP is coming up. And it's like, <laughs> should I be saying this? And should I be encouraging them to listen to this? But you want to do that or you don't want to have a job at all? You want to be Muslim, but you still want to be able to live the life that you're already sort of living. Because when you make a transition into your faith, understanding, we're not going to say everything is haram, but for the most part, the things that are fun, cool, make a lot of money quickly, they haram. Right. So I'm like, 
it's going to be tough. A lot of people say, well, how do you feel being a Muslim, but you're still on the radio with all the bad music? Well, how do you feel, you know, preaching good things, but yet you're telling people to keep listening because uh, such and such is coming up on the way or your uh, birthday bash is being sponsored by Hennessy or something like that. It just... Such a conflict of heart. But at the same time, it's like, isn't that, it's like, it's like, you know, Allah has put you in a place where you can also inspire. You can't inspire from the ivory tower. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to get down and touch the people. Because mm. when I see that, I think that's beautiful. And I always look, I always use you as an example. Like when people ask me about being Muslim, being in the industry, I show them you. I say, Nuh-uh. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I do. I, I do. I like, I, I always show them like, I always, I always like say, okay, she used to you know, not wear her hijab. And I didn't even know she was Muslim mm-hmm. until she started wearing it and walking in her faith and and really pro- proclaiming it. And, you know, it, it takes a lot. It, it takes a lot, especially in our industry. It takes a lot to not mm-hmm. be ri- ridiculed, to not be um, ostracized, to not be left out, to not be, you mm-hmm. know... Considered e- lame because now you don't right. want to go out no more. Right. Oh, Mo ain't going to come. Y'all know she don't go to the club no more. Right. And you're like, I'm sorry, is that a... Is that a bad thing? Right. Excuse me? Right. <laughs> so now I'm lame because I don't so, want to go to the club. Yeah. But I do want to go to the club. And that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I do. I do still want to live that life. You know, I want to praise the law, but I still do want to go out, um, you know, go to Turks and Caicos for Jabara Cash weekend, stay out all night drinking with friends. Like, that's that's the life that I was in that makes you sort of feel like you're alive when you're able to not have restrictions. You know, when you restrict yourself, it makes you think about life more than live. Live life. Right. But if you're not restricting yourself and you're allowing yourself to do whatever, whenever, you are going specifically against what God wants. Because God's going to give you the world, but he wants you to have enough love for him to restrain yourself without him making you restrain right. yourself. I've always tried to have that balance of, um, you know, my faith and this industry, which is why, like, I've, I'm infamously known for not drinking or smoking in the industry. Everybody mm. knows I go on don't give it to God. He ain't going to drink. You know what I mean? This is probably why, too, like, if I'm not working, I'm not out. This is why mm-hmm. you've never probably bumped into me at mm-hmm. an industry party or... Unless it was <laughs> our boss's party that one time. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we had to be there. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's about it. Like, you know? So it, it, it has its challenges, you know? It has its challenges. But... Yeah, I you know, feel it. it it's... It's hard. You know what was crazy? Remember when we, um, my ex-husband, your wife, were sitting at um, Ferrari's um, table during his um, reception. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking, we're laughing a lot. We talked about everything under the sun. We not once Talk mentioned <laughs> religion. I sitting there with you the whole time. And I had the banging red dress on. My hair was long. You know, I was outside. <laughs> not once did we talk about God, faith. And we, if we had crossed that line, we would have found the common respect and understood that we're both Muslim. But when you're out, you don't even mention God. Yeah. When you're in a certain environment, you don't even mention his name. Yeah. But I think, I think that's a very Western thing, though, too, because... It's such a touchy, touchy subject. You kind of don't want to insult or be rude to, to anybody, and that's where have we gone? That like bringing up God is rude now. Interesting. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I never so, thought about especially that. Especially being a Muslim, like it's very like <gasps> you're Muslim because most people don't understand the religion and they yeah. automatically assume the worst or they believe every horrible thing they've ever heard about it. And because the just, media has done that, right. the media is like Taliban right. bombings, right. super strict faith. They don't respect women. You gotta do this. Yep. You can't do that. Yep. And it's like 
DJ Cash is Muslim. Like, have y'all yeah. heard about, was it Bomba Tuesdays? Yeah. Bro, what? <laughs> they go up. You know what's crazy? Which is another reason why, it's funny you bring that up, right? So, all right. So, my whole life, I grew up with a masjid on my block. In um, New York. New in York. Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up with a masjid on my block. You heard the Adhan being called. Every day. Mm. You know what I mean? Every day. Every day. And I was raised Christian. But, like, being black, being, you know, from a impoverished neighborhood, mm. you know, you have your challenges. And our, our neighborhood kind of used to be white. So, like, a lot of the churches were still kind of leaning white. Mm. So they would treat us kind of foul. And I never understood that. Like, this is supposed to be a house of God. Mm. And, and the masjid on the block was a very modest mosque. You know, it was very modest. Very, very modest. Explain mo the word modest. People don't, they can equate that with either being like, you know, poor or yeah, homely. When, when people now, and they, a lot of people that don't know the faith, and they think of a mosque, they think of that mosque in... in, in Saudi in, Arabia. Yeah, in Saudi Arabia. white and black. Right. Or, or, <laughs> or, or, or in Abu Dhabi, they think it's like... Some grand... Full of marble and full of gold leaf. <laughs> no, it, it was... somebody's house. Yeah, it was literally <laughs> two, like, apartments that they, like, knocked down Put the together. walls. Mm -hmm. And it was working class... It, it was really working poor. Mm. Like people that were living check to check, paycheck to paycheck. Mm. And we used to play football at the end of the block. And um, everybody used to hate that we played football there, except for the men in the mosque. They would just, every day they would offer us food. They would offer us water. Oh, they would man. offer us, during Ramadan, they would offer us, um, they would offer, dates. you know, for yeah, dates for us to um, have iftar with them. Oh, At the time, gosh. we didn't know what it was, but we just like, they would offer us food. And even, even though the way we were dressed might have been haram, we might have had chains on, we might have, they would invite us in, they would, they would like Love share you. Islam with us. You know what I mean? So that's when I knew like, now this is for me. Mm. You know, I knew like that brother faith. Yeah, it was just an overwhelming amount of love that was just like poured into me every day. Like, wow. did you are you hungry? If you're hungry, we'll feed you. If mm. you're thirsty, we'll we'll give you something to drink. Like nobody judged me. Nobody said, don't wear that. Don't nobody did any of that. They kind of let me find Allah on my own. You know what I mean? That they is they they would gift me like even there was like a um Muslim bookstore close close by. And I remember going in there one day because I was just curious. And the guy was just, he was very like eager to explain Islam to me. Mm. And he gave me some books like, you should read this, you should read that. You should. Of course, he gave me a Quran. And I was like, you know what? I left my wallet at home. I'm going to be back. He was like, brother, take it. How, how old were you? I might have been, I might have been like 11, 12. Wow. And he was like, take it. If you come back, you come back. If you don't, that's between you and Allah. Wow. And I was just like... That right there meant everything to me because I come from a neighborhood where I was a troubled kid. Mm. Nobody trusted me. I would look looked at as a criminal. I was you're a, a you know? black man. Yeah. Or even as a boy, you're a black man. Yeah. And then and then the 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 mosque the mosque on my block too was predominantly um Pakistanis. So I seen a man who wasn't black American, mm. like giving me this type of love and treatment, like and, and like it just Wow. In a because way. you know, and that's another thing. When you were texting me, you told me that you was you've been Muslim for like five years. I'm like, five years? What happened in your life five years ago yeah, that okay. helped you make so that this transition? So this is this is this is why I said when you brought up Bomba Tuesdays, this is why I said. So I was speaking with a friend. So I, you know, I, you have a lot. I have and a lot drink of, your team. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's actually really good. Okay, because we didn't put that honey in there for nothing. You feel me? <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up naturally with friends, especially like growing up in New York, there's a high black Muslim population, especially like Harlem. If you grew up mm-hmm. in Harlem. And Philly like too. That. I'm going to eat this year to get me a you husband. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> but um, so like, you know, one time my friend came to visit and um, it was Ramadan. So it was, it was about to be Ram- Ramadan was coming up and he was like... We were talking and, and then I mentioned to him, like, I, I haven't taken my Shahada. And he was like, what? And he was so shocked. He was like, bro, all these years of growing up, like, pray, praying together. And Y'all, you were praying before you were every, I was everything. And he was like, bro, you never took your Shahada? I was like, he was like, Cash, man, you know better, bro. He was like, Aww. I'm kind of disappointed in you, bro. He was Aww. like, you know better. You know what I'm saying? He was like, it's one thing for people that don't know, you know? He was like, you know better. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And it makes me mad emotional. You know what I mean? I he was know. like, bro, you know better. And and then I was like, bro, and it really hit me. Like I was like, he's right. You know what I mean? Why, like, why hadn't you? What was giving you that hesitation? To be honest, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I honestly don't. I just never did. I just, I just never did. I would pray. I would do. I would fast. I would do everything. I would do my charitable works. What? You know, I would do everything. And then, so like 2017, you I would said, go to the Juma too. Yeah, everything. What? So I said, you know. I said, nah, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I, just, I went to the, I went to the mosque on 14th Street, and <gasps> you took it at Al Farouk. Yeah. Uh, so by chance, I took, I took my shahada on during the holiest month of the year, on the holiest day. <gasps> You're kidding. Yeah. By chance, I didn't even realize it. And then once wow. I did that again, while I'm happy you brought up Bamba, I started. I had like this whole spiritual awakening. It was very, very, very emotional for me. Like, and I realized there's certain things I'm gonna have to change. And it started with the music. So I stopped, I kind of like stopped listening to hip hop. And it and it and it's weird because like once I took my Shahada and I was I was really starting to be even more my dean, mm. it just naturally progressed. Like wow. nobody told me, nobody, I just the frequency for me was just way too low. Mm. Like I couldn't. It just wasn't working for me no more. So then I started getting into something called I'm a Piano, which is like, is South African house music. It's mainly music, not really much words. It's off his uh. words. It's more like chanting and stuff like that. So I started leaning more towards that. Mm. And it made me, it, it kind of brought my frequency up yeah. a little bit more. It's like you're being more conscious. Exactly. So then, then, <laughs> and then... I was so much on my dean, I was going to move to a Muslim country. So I had a contract with Hot 107.9, with, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then um, I was I was going to, I already informed them I wasn't going to renew that contract. You lying. Yeah, I was supposed to move to Qatar. So how you end up at one other? Because the pandemic hit. Um, then I couldn't move to Qatar. I already, I already signed a deal uh-huh. to have a residency in Qatar. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I signed a deal and everything. I was going to move to Qatar. Um... I've been to Qatar plenty of times. Mm, so, so you know you loved it. Yeah, so I, I knew yeah. I, I've been to Qatar. By that time, I've been to Qatar maybe like six times. Okay, so you international. We got yeah. it. <laughs> so you can go on places. Okay. Yeah, so I was already cool <laughs> with it. So then pandemic hit. Uh, I couldn't go. Now I'm still forced with, hit with this dilemma like, I don't want to do this music no more. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the creation of Bomba Tuesdays. Wow. And then the funny thing is, that was the I've done events, but I've never done curated a weekly event before and which is if anybody who's in this industry knows that is a lot of work and it's something completely opposite from what I was doing and it completely worked like instantly extremely popular you know I was just telling Reese the other day um 
I was like, sir, the thing about, you know, the energies in the universe and having good and bad, you have to tap into them, even if you're not conscious of it, mm-hmm. because nothing in this life can move without an energy source. I was unconsciously tapped into a good energy because my heart has always been pure, mm-hmm. um, pure intentioned. But when I consciously tapped in with the good energy and made it my intention to do the mm-hmm. right thing, even though I thought I was going to lose endorsements, lose a job, people don't want to hang out with me because now I'm covered. I started making way more money. My brand grew even more. People want to be crazy. around me even more. It's and I'm crazy. like... No, That's exactly what happened to me. That's exactly. Even though I was, by most standards as a DJ, I was considered successful, I, it, it elevated even more. That's crazy. Like, I, like getting paid like a rapper, like elevated ever, ever since I made that shift. That is so I was crazy. getting, I was making great money then, uh-huh. but it was just like, once I made the shift, it was like, it like five times that. That is so yeah. crazy. So I guess, you know, in a city like ours, in an industry like ours, do you feel like it's hard to focus on God? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And how do you? How do you go out there every day, do what we do, and then still somehow make your prayers or keep yourself on the right track, on the right path? I, I, the way I, the way I um, attack it is, is the way an addict attacks the 12-step program. I've never been there, but please explain. Yeah. I've never been an addict. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm familiar with the 12-step program. You know what I mean? So, like, I look at it like, because some people say, okay, just this one thing. Or if I do this, then not, it's not that bad. Or if I don't do it oh, often. Oh, you get addicted. Yeah. So I look at it like, mm-hmm. I treat it as if I'm an addict. You know what I'm saying? That I can slip at any time. So I have to be as cautious wow. as possible. I try. I'm, you know, I'm not the most perfect Muslim, but I, I try. You know what I mean? I try. Mm. So mm. that's wow. why even now, like, I'm trying to move back. I'm trying to move to a Muslim country because, Still? I, yeah, because I'm not tempted as much as I am here. Oh no, like, not at all. Yeah, especially not in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. being a DJ <laughs> yeah. on the radio, yeah. friend. And then it's like, you. I learn more. I learn more. I learn. My Quran more. I learn about Islam more because it's I, around you. Right, right. You're not the only Muslim in the whole entire right, world. Right, right. So I learn more, and you become more. You become inspired. You know, you go like, and then, and if you're Muslim and you go to a Muslim country for Ramadan, oh my God, it's a whole feeling. Life is game changing. It'll change for real for your real. life. You you would be like, I, I don't want to ever move back to the States. For me, it was even going to a Muslim country and seeing people praying on the street, praying on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. praying in the park. You know, it's like when you hear that Adhan, I don't care what you're doing. You're going to go find some water. Mm-hmm. You're going to lay down whatever you can. You're going to find the cleanest space. And you're praying. Like here, sometimes um, you even get self-conscious praying at your job. You know, you Mm -hmm. definitely ain't going to pray in no mall. You know, and you go to Muslim country, they're praying in the mall. There's prayer rooms in the mall. There are prayer rooms in the airport. Yeah, there's prayer rooms in the airport. There's prayer rooms (laughs) in the mall. There's prayer rooms everywhere you go. And that's why, to my children, I want my children to grow up around that. I want my children Mm -hmm. to grow up around those Muslim values and morals. Because to me, it's unmatched. Like. It it's it's unbelievable. Like when you go, like when you go to these Muslim countries, like I could set, I could set my Rolex 
my watch, my phone on a on on a counter. It's I can go to the bathroom touched. and not it won't be touched by a single person. Yeah, I can leave it touched. there for days. In fact, they'll put it away from me and come yeah. back. And when Mother, I come we back, we put your Rolex. Yeah. <laughs> when I come back you. days later, they'll be like, "Hey, bro, you forgot this." You know what I mean? So it is so different. It's it's really challenging being here. Like that's why I I want to move to like my goal. It's to move to a Muslim country within the next five, six years. How yeah. does your wife, who's not Muslim, feel about that? I mean, she she's kind of like me when I was a child. She em- fully embraces the religion, you know what I mean? So she prays, she observes You're Ramadan. kidding me. Yeah. She may not make every prayer, you know what I mean? Hell, if you're Muslim, you may not. Right, make, you know? But stuff for the law, but, please make your prayer. Yeah. <laughs> but she'll, she'll, she'll pray, she'll observe Ramadan with me, she'll... What? She respect my wishes about like and respect that I'm fasting and won't cook before oh iftar. Um, yeah. So even wow. for the kids, like she'll make sure she'll give them something cold, like sandwiches, so she doesn't have to cook. So I don't gotta smell it or Aww. chill, you know. So wow, yeah, that's respect. But she'll she'll take her shahada soon enough. Inshallah. Uh, inshallah. We all gonna yeah. pray for her at the end of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Inshallah. But I'm... but I I purposely took her with me to the Muslim country so she can, and she fell in love with Islam. She you have to. How can you not? It's like a feeling over you. Yeah. You're just like, wow, like I didn't know life could be like this a little yeah. bit. It's it's just really different. Like for real, it's really, really different. So before you, I mean, but it's sort of crazy because you sort of already were Muslim, but as a man, it's not as crazy because you don't have to show that I'm Muslim. Right. But did you have a fear right before you reverted being in your industry and what if I don't know. It's probably not the same for a man. Nah, I had no. I have. I don't go through the challenges like you said, like that you you might have. Yeah. Because you, know, you can't look at me and tell that I'm Muslim. You know. So I didn't really have those challenges whatsoever, and I I didn't mm-hmm. fear those challenges whatsoever. Yeah. But I've always been the guy that's doing something different. So I that's just my thing anyway. So mm-hmm. I was I was always used to being the only one, only Muslim in the room. I was always, even when I worked that hot, like. I would bring my during Ramadan, especially during Ramadan. Like, I try to be on my dean as much as I possible, but during Ramadan, I'm not missing a prayer. So no matter where I am, I'm doing it. So I would. You were praying in the radio station. Yeah, I would pray in the mail room. I would pray in the mail room. Hilarious. Yeah. I pray in the production room. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would pray in the mail room every. Yeah. Wow. Oh, room. that's beautiful. Anybody catch you praying? Nah. Anybody ever asked, hey, what are you doing? Everybody always kind of like knew I was in there like during those times. So they kind of just, well, when I was on, I was on 6 to 10. So, so I, most of the people were gone. Yeah, most of the people were gone. Everybody was, most so of the So the, the circle of people that you have around you, mm-hmm. how do they respect your religion? Or do they? They completely respect it. Like whatever my wishes are. Like if, if, if I say I got to pray and I need everybody to be quiet, most of the time, my friends completely respect it. It's so real. If I tell my friends, I want them to observe. Um, Ramadan with me, they will. What kind of they, they, you They get? will pray with me. Yeah, you know, you I, I've had some them? some of my friends that have gone through difficult times. I tell them observe Ramadan <laughs> with me, and I, I <laughs> that first prayer, I will Facetime them and pray with them. I would oh. teach them how to pray. I would tell them. I would, I would explain to them how to do wudu. I would, I would, everything. Wow. Like I would get them a mat. If, if I got an Amazon them a mat, everything. Oh. I would tell them how to dress. I would, and they would pray with me. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is so beautiful. So I've been very fortunate. I, I've been... Okay, because it don't really happen like that. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. I, I I grew up around a great set of people, so, yeah. So, in, in your life, that moment where, you know, you you want to believe, you, you really do, but this thing right here is so difficult, 
is it real? The time you've been tested with your faith, mm-hmm. is that moment in your mind? Can you think of that one time? Yeah, I think it's every day. <laughs> every day? Listen, the industry that I'm in and the success I've had, I think the biggest struggle for any guy in my position is is women. Oh, Lord. So that's an everyday struggle. <laughs> you know nah, what I mean? Right. Just being very vulnerable and honest. Yeah. That's an everyday struggle. Because they're at your neck, they're at your toes. At, I the, mean, because you're that like... pressure will... That spotlight is shining yeah, on you. And you're a man. So, you know, you, you're, you're a man. And then <sighs> ego comes into play. Like you, Ego is a beast. Yeah, yeah. So Ego's you, worse than the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, so, I'm serious. It's a tool of the devil, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's it's a challenge. So that's literally every day. I got to open that that app and <laughs> scroll through them DMs and go back <laughs> them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's very difficult. It really, really is. It's, that's, that's probably the biggest test I have on a daily basis. Wow, so it ain't even alcohol. It ain't the weed. Nah, it, ain't, I could, I could, it ain't the music. I could live in a world without alcohol, without weed, without... I could live... Because I've grown up not, like, not really doing it, so I don't... Hilarious. But the yeah. women, they be, they be making you weak. That's all you <laughs> But I talked to my wife about it. You should. I, got, yeah. I feel... Even when we were at dinner, um, without even talking about Islam, I felt you all's connection. You know, I felt that you have been together for a long time. You've seen each other change. You've seen each other with money, without money, you know? So when someone's on the bottom with you and you're able to share your actual self, mm-hmm. anything else should be just communication. Yeah, we, we, we've... I, that's one thing I definitely love about our dynamic. And we, we've even discussed... Me having a second wife. That was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> I was going there. Yeah, we've discussed it, yeah. And? We've discussed it. And, I mean, she's open to it, so. Why? Um, I think I think she was more so open to it, like, once she went to a Muslim country and seen it's not about, like, orgies. And, I think <laughs> that's what most people think. think. It's like, so I got to sleep with her? Like, that's what I think. No, no. That's what they think. So I have, I have friends that have, you know, more than one wife. And she, I think maybe seeing the dynamic is like, oh, a loving family. This is actually really dope, you know. And what are, what are the benefits that you see to having multiple wives? From what I've seen, I, I, I it, it builds an empire, like it builds legacy. Um, from a vain standpoint, I guess, or like me as a provider and a protect, protector, I'm always thinking about my children and what they'll have when mm. I'm gone. You know what I mean? Mm. So from from the people I've seen and the and the dynamics I've seen, they've built something that will last, that 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 only expands and that will help their children. Mm. So um I've seen them be a crutch to him like no other. Like like every business he has, this wife's running, that wife's running, that one, and the kids are there. And it's like they focus. It's like having your family, having a supportive family times three. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so you a can get right. You can get more done if you have more employees, so to speak. But you're now. Don't call your family employees. I'm not saying employees, but I mean help. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? Like yeah. help. You can. You can. You can expand if you have more help. So mm. for me, I think that's the biggest benefit. I I I look at as a protector and provider, mm. and wanting something bigger for my children to have. That's I, that's what I see. Like, this is the biggest benefit. Do you think you have enough fortitude to take on multiple families, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually? I do. I think, for me, thankfully, the financial part is the easiest part. 
it's it, my challenge would be probably the emotion being being fulfilling emotionally and being being able to be vulnerable and be there be present mm. emotionally for both houses you know that's that's the challenge because so, you know women we need that emotion yeah. we take but a I, lot of attention right but i find in my friend's case like his wives get it along really well mm. so it's like Sister he doesn't wives. have to be like all right i'm going to be here i'm going to be here it's like they're together all the time you know what I mean? Whoa, what? He yeah, can't they, have them living together, though. No, they don't live together. He, oh, okay. He lives on a compound, you know what I'm saying? Here? So, no, in um, Qatar. Oh, okay. So he lives, like, on a compound. So, like, his houses are literally walking distance. It's like he has it fenced off. He lives, like, on a compound. Wow. So that's How why I got wives? the idea for him from, from him. Um, like, I want to build my own subdivision. And I bought three. <laughs> I do. I bought three and a half acres of land <laughs> to build my own subdivision. Yeah, because that's kind of like what he got. Almost, you know what I'm saying? He has, he has two houses and a guest house, and a, like a and a maid's quarters. Oh, he has yeah, help. They have yeah, help. Yeah, yeah, tons of help. See, that's the beautiful thing about it because while I always picture, you know, the next man in my life, he's gonna have to be a visionary. He's going to have to see where we're heading before we get started walking. You know, a lot of times, uh, sorry, men, sorry, guys, uh, men, they just wake up, go to their job. They come home, you know, then they go back to their job. You know, they don't necessarily have a plan. They're just trying to pay the bills and keep the okay, lights Okay, let on. me interrupt you then, right quick. I didn't even finish, but go ahead. But that's why I said, let me interrupt you. <laughs> let me interrupt you. So, like, there's a pro and a con to that, right? Okay. Because I often hear women say they want a leader. Don't but, you say we don't follow, because now you're going to have no, to go no, on I'm another saying, podcast. What I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> what I'm saying is if you want a leader, you have to be willing to follow. I'm not saying you can't follow. I'm saying you have to be willing because a leader is usually very um, like definite in his plans. Like me, I'm like sure. Like to me, there's no plan B. This is going to work. Like I've, I've walked through my whole life like that. I, I've never, I feel like I attribute my success to having that type of leadership mentality. And it's like, this is what I'm doing and it's going to work. And it's worked for me my whole life. And I've been the successful. The only reason men get pushback from women when they are told to do this or do that is because most times we don't trust that he know what he doing. You know, this is true. and that's because we don't see visionary. We don't see you have a plan. We just see you winging it. And I cannot follow a winger. All right. So, so I hear that a lot from women, right? So what if the man, so what if you do find a man that he, he proves to you that he's a leader? I'm going to marry him and I'm right? going to follow his ass. But what if his plan I'm is to have two butt. wives? What if his plan <laughs> is to have two wives? You're not going to be a great leader then, huh? Uh, <laughs> You're not going to be a great follower then. <laughs> You're not going to be a great follower then, right? But the plan you is... You know, the... you haven't asked me if I'm okay with that. Oh, so, okay, what if his plan is... He is a leader, and he does wake up with a plan, and what if part of his plan is expanding the the, the, the family crest, the family tree, and his plan I, is to have another one. I am okay with being a sister wife. Mm. Actually, my father, I was born Muslim, my father had multiple wives the entire time I've known him, except okay. for right now because he's struggling and he needs to get his life. Sorry, Dad, if you're watching, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you, I love you, I love you. Um, but, you know, I've, I've seen it work. You know, I've seen how as long as the man is emotionally intelligent, as long as he's able to um, fix issues as they arrive, doesn't have poor communica uh, communication skills, knows social uh, boundaries, it can work, you know? So I know the benefits of it. So me personally, mm -hmm. especially after being married once, I think I said this a little while ago too, but 
I don't want to be available 24-7. You know, I want you to be able Mm. to take a step away. I want to be able to, you know, put that stinking conditioner in my hair that really grows it, but that I can't because now I'm looking crazy and you looking at me look crazy. No, I need a couple of days so I can, you know, do me. That's a very good point. And I am okay with that. So as long as he is a visionary and he has a reason for wanting multiple wives, that has nothing to do with, man, this girl, fine, and I'm just trying to get to know her. But, you know, sometimes... That's okay? No, no. (laughs) No, I'm not saying... (laughs) I mean, yes and no. Because sometimes that that will hinder a man from straying. What do you mean? Sometimes if he, he, he has, if he's able to have two wives, he won't go out, he won't feel compelled to go outside the if if you're no, too because di- if it's new, it's exciting. Whether it's multiple wives, whatever, because both of his wives are going to get old to him at some point. Then he's going to want three. Then all three of them going to get old. Then he's going to want four. And you can't go past four because that's haram. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think I don't think that guy do anything. That's that's a whole other story. I think though, too, like in that new. dynamic, I think most people look at the money part. I, I feel like. I don't know, maybe just I'm just ambitious, but I feel like the the money part is the easiest part because you could always make money. You could always figure mm-hmm. out the is. money part. You know what I'm saying? It is, especially the, with more heads. Right. The hard part um is is the emotional part. The emotion the emotional intelligence. Mm. You have to really do the work before you could even think about a dynamic like that. It is. You know what I mean? It is. Because that that anybody who has a healthy relationship knows the work it is, the emotional availability you have to have for your wife or your significant other. Like, it's a lot. That's why I need it's them two days. Very taxing. Yeah. Frank, go to her it's house. Very, I can't yeah. do it today. <laughs> it is very taxing. It is very, very taxing. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you um, remember the story about, um, I don't know, maybe if you were told or not, but when Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him's wife, Khadija radiallahu anhu, when she passed, right? Mm -hmm. And then he began to have um, multiple wives because Mm -hmm. with her, he only had her, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But after she passed and he married Aisha radiallahu anhu and his other wives and like the love that he had for her was still so much there that even the wives would get jealous with her and she wasn't even in the room. Like, she's literally right. deceased. Right. So when it comes to even that jealousy factor, do you think you'd be able... Because you can't, like, love one more than the other, but if one smells it... I mean, in theory, but let's be honest, like, you can try your best, but... You're going to do it. I think that... I think I think that's But how do you natural. subside jealousy? I, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't have the answers. I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to be real with you. I don't, I don't know. I think... I think that's where that maybe that emotional intelligence kicks in. I think communication rules the nation. Like you, you, you're gonna have to constantly communicate, and a man, especially with his wife, is gonna have to learn to be vulnerable. Mm. You know, and he's gonna have to explain. And part of being a visionary is explaining the steps and not just doing it and being like, "Just follow me." You know, you're gonna have to like, look. Ooh, that's a, that's I, being a good leader, right? You know, so so that helps create. Uh, an environment where she might not have to be jealous. If she could say, "Listen, this this is what I'm gonna do. This is this is what I'm thinking," mm. and blah 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 blah, but you know, here's step one, step two, step three, step whatever, and give a timeline for it. That creates a lot of and and that and I mean that broken down to the simplest thing. If like, for example, a schedule for the weekend. If I communicate that to her and say, "Listen, babe, this weekend, this is what I'm gonna do. All right, I'm gonna." Mm. 
This I don't wife, know any this, man this. that organized and communicative. Like, first of all, y'all don't got no organization and y'all don't never tell us what you're thinking or what you're doing. That is, that's like an extremely, extremely emotionally intelligent man. Do you think you're there yet? Um, I think I'm kind of there. I think because I have these conversations. Now, I might not be able to, I might not do it on a daily basis, <laughs> but it's, that's a lot of right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if I had two wives, I, I would because I, I know I would try to be proactive instead of reactive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I would try to, you know what I mean? I would try to be proactive instead of waiting for one of them to get jealous of them, then try to fix it. I mm. would try to... So I that's would, more energy to exert. Right, right. But I mean, in my real life, I would say, look, this is what I'm thinking. If I do that with our finances, I mm. say, okay, this next couple of months, this is what I'm doing with the money. Mm. I mean, even though she doesn't work, I make the money, I still let her, okay, look, this is what I'm going to do with the finances. And this is, the reason why I'm doing this is because of this. Wow. So she sees the plan. So, or if I say, okay, this is, um, like, I mean, even how we got together, we were together in college. I came here for vacation and never left. And I told her, I said, hey, if you come here, I'll marry you. And this is my plan. <gasps> You're you kidding. I mean? That's, That's how it happened? I said, you come here, I'm, I'll get us an apartment. I'll, I'll, from the apartment, I'll get us a house. You know what I mean? But before we get the house and everything, I will, I will marry you. And I laid it all out. Wow. And she came and I did everything that I said I would do. Oh, that's you know I mean? super dope. So I would like to think, maybe if she was here, she might argue like, well, he don't tell me yeah. about this. You know what I'm saying? But I would like to think that I'm that emotionally intelligent. You know what I mean? That's but, really dope. You know, I didn't I didn't know it happened like that. Yeah. That's a very commendable, very admirable to be able to like, you know, I, I hate beating y'all up, but sometimes y'all deserve <laughs> oh my it. God. But men don't stick to their word. You know, they say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then you'd be like, but you said you was going. I said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But you ain't doing it, though. Yeah. So for you to, like, legit do it, that's yeah. like, a, did your dad teach you this? Where did you see it? I didn't really grow up with my father. Really? Yeah, I didn't really grow up. I, I met my father when I was, like, 12. You're kidding. Like yeah. Well, I mean, even to this day, I don't have a good, good relationship with him. So who taught you to be a stand-up guy? I, I, like I said, I think, um, like, you learn more being with the people. You know what I mean? The sinners, mm-hmm. as they say. You know, like, I grew up around guys who were what they would call, like, a gangster and a gentleman. Like, mm-hmm. they were doing completely haram things. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they always taught me better. They, always, they were always the guys, like, don't do what we're doing. And if they caught me doing what they were doing, they would discipline me accordingly. Hilarious. And I didn't have, so I an essential, I essentially grew up like raised by the village because I didn't have like, I had to, most people had to watch out for their one father. I had to watch out for every guy, every male figure in our neighborhood because yeah. if he see me doing something wrong, he would, he, for my mother, he had permission to grab me and discipline me. What? You know what I mean? So yeah, so I had a lot of that and all of them were super respectful to women. Like, Super respectful to women. Were they Muslim men or just men some, in the community? Some of them were. Some of them were. And some of them were. Yeah. Wow. So I I don't see that anymore. Yeah, they were all like, like if I was out, they would they would question me, like, why are you out? Well, what are you doing? Where are you going? Wow. Like, well, who? For what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. I had to, I was like a broken record. Every Five blocks, I had to explain myself. <laughs> Yo, what you doing? Where you going? Who you with? Like, you know what I mean? That is so, so I, dope. Yeah, I would, learn that. I, I would say I learned that from them, and then I, I had three sisters growing up. So I, the they combination. Yeah, the combination. Were they older sisters? Yeah, I'm the youngest of five. Wow. And you're the youngest? Yeah. 
Wow, that is so dope, Cash. I never knew all of this. Yeah. yeah. You see, you got to have a podcast yeah. to get to know somebody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that is so super duper dope. Yeah. So when it comes to you moving, do you see you leaving um, your lifestyle before you move? Or is your move going to force you to leave your lifestyle? Um. The the ideal situation would be yes to leave the lifestyle before the most. Yeah, a little bit before. Mm. I mean, I, I've done good with like uh, entrepreneurship and like setting up other streams of income. It's just that DJ has DJing has been the, like my main source of income since I was like eighteen. Whoa. Yeah. So it's literally like supported me, my family since wow. I was eighteen. And you love it. Yeah, and I love it. So I've been blessed. I've been very, very fortunate. I, I've never really worked a real job. Like, so they say a real job, even though I feel like this is a real job. They don't understand yeah. that part. I mean, I had one. I had we one job. We got checks ever. and balances. You it's feel me? It's fun, but... When I leave here, I'm doing payroll. I got people to pay. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm... I'm I got your 1099s, by the way, to harass me. Like, I need my 1099s. It's yeah, you know what I mean? So wow. um, I think... I think that because for me, the goal is to just really enjoy my family and enjoy life with the streams of income, the passive income that I've set up. So when I go there, I'm not working as much as I am now. And I get to like be a pillar in my community, like and really do my charitable works. Mm -hmm. And and because I always been the type that I don't want to force my kids to be Muslim. I want them to see their dad be a good Muslim and say, yes. I want to be like my father. My father's a great person. He helps out the community. You know, he, he's a good person. So I, I want them to look at me and be an example of, you know. Yeah, of what the a, example is much right. better than saying, you got to do this. Right. So I want I want my son to come to me and be like, Dad, I want to take my shot. I want him to come to me and tell, you know. Aww. I want my daughter to come to me and say, you know, I want, I want it to be like that. That is so beautiful. So, yeah, I want to spend a lot of time down like you know I don't want to be just working I want to move in and be in the same hustle bustle that I am here you know I but I mean that. honestly it is different in other cultures they don't have as much hustle and bustle as we do like Zero. we be on it all they be like damn why y'all work so hard I, I challenge you to go to the Middle East and try to get anything done quickly <laughs> it's not happening I'll be like do it's you got anywhere happening. to go it's not they'll be like happening. so how's your day yeah. you be like can you even check you go, me out even, yeah, even if you go eat at a restaurant no Nobody's rushing you out of that seat. You got to be like, can I get the check? Somebody? Anybody? <laughs> you know what nah, I mean? yeah. for real, for real. Yeah, nothing is done with urgency. That nothing. is hilarious. Nothing. I think that's how it's supposed to be. Because when you get so caught up in what we're caught up in, getting the money, getting the um, next status, mm -hmm. reaching a new level, that's when you get distracted. That's when you forget about your prayers. For that's sure. when you forget to say, thank you, God, for giving me this. Sure. And because you have to do so much when you do reach a level, you giving yourself praise. Man, I for had sure. to work hard to get this. You want to say thank you, God, or right. did you do all? Right. <laughs> That's a huge right. difference. Right. And I want my kids to see that, too. I want my kids, like I said earlier, I want them to be, I want them to grow up around Muslim morals, Muslim, um, mm -hmm. just everything. Like, I want them, I don't want them to feel alienated. Like, even now, like, we're going through picking schools for them. Like, they're going to Islamic school. Hands Darn down. We didn't Muhammad, pick yet. Dude. We haven't picked yet. We haven't picked yet. But how <laughs> just happened. even if I <laughs> even if I gotta travel an hour or whatever it is, like they they're going. No, like, there's so many here, right in the yeah, vicinity. Well, I live in Gwinnett. I live in Duluth. Oh lord. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like they're going to a Muslim school. Like 
it's not a it's not even like a debate or option. Like, even though some people do say, and I was this is why I had to divorce my ex-husband. He was always pushing the idea that if I send them to a Muslim school, if we send them to a private school, they won't be able to battle the real world because they'll be in a cocoon their whole life. And they'll think that this is how the world is. <laughs> what do you think? Nah, I, I completely disagree. Completely disagree. Why completely? Because it's sort of like you're sheltering them a little bit. Because when you go to a Muslim school, there's going to have a level of peace, a level of patience, you know. But right, then when but they go to their job and everyone's People say that at- to me too. Like, why would you send your kids there? Because then they this, this, and that, and the third. But it's like, do I not teach my kids to be kind because the world's not kind? Okay, friends, like you, you know, speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, the goal is to have them have a certain mm. moral fiber. Mm. So do I compromise that just because the mm. world around them doesn't have that level of moral fiber? Mm. You know what I mean? No, okay, so, that's, that's, I should have, I should have called you at that moment <laughs> that he tried me. Right. Well, Cash said, that's then, a great way to and combat then, that. And then, I only get that when I bring up Islam, because nobody says that when Jewish people come, they move to a Jewish community. Ooh. You know what I mean? Oh. Nobody questions it. Nobody says, "Well, why are you going to send them? Why are you going to move to that Jewish community? Why are you going to mm, shelter nope. them in Jewish right. land?" Nobody does that. Or if if an Indian man moves here, he moves to an Indian community. Nobody says, "Why would you do that?" Mm. Nobody does that. That's very interesting. Yeah, so, so speaking at that point right there, if someone knows nothing about Islam, what would you say about it? I, I guess I, I would just describe it how I felt. Like for me, Islam. It just made me very emotional. If you really look into it, if you dig into it, if you, and, and the thing is, you don't have to dig very far. You know what I mean? So I would just describe it. That was the question, right? How would I describe it? How would you describe it? <laughs> I would just describe life? it as just like, man, I can't even describe it. It's love. It's, you just, you, it's like you literally feel the love. It's like mm-hmm. overwhelming. I took my shahada, I cried when I took my shahada. That's how, how strong it was. Cry. <laughs> yeah. I feel it. That's all. And I was practicing for years. And I because you know why? Let me tell you. I, that, that was the second time I've been to that mosque. I went there the I went there the, the first time I went there was the week before. Mm. Literally, every single person that was there stayed for my shada. That I did not wow. know not a single person. Wow. They stayed. Almost every single person reached in their pocket and gave me whatever they had. And they gave me their number and said, brother, if you have any questions. Please let me know if you need to learn, if you need help with prayers, memorizing prayers, this, that. Almost every, they waited in line to greet me and to hug me and to give me, I've never, like, that was like, that was like, wow, man. Like, how how do you explain it? People I've never met before in my life, of every color, of every nationality, Mm. from every country, like, it was, I've never, rich, poor, some of them cabbies, some of them I know got some money, some of them, it was just amazing to me. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. It was amazing to me. That was like the ultimate confirmation for me when I took my shot. If I had any doubt, it <laughs> that wiped it away right there. And tell everyone who is listening who doesn't know what is shahada. It's when it's it's I guess it's equivalent to like a baptism. Um to in any other it's like your proclamation to God and and that there's one God and his name is Allah. And his prophet is who? That's right. You know, so it's like, it's, (laughs) I guess in layman's terms, it's a baptism, Mm. you know, and you accepting that religion. 
You know what I mean? Mm. And, and recognizing him as the one, one and the only. Right. Right. So on that note, um, I want you to pray with me. Okay. And for anyone um, who is watching right now, we always end with Al-Fatiha, right? Um, because it is actually the beginning. It's the very first surah. And a surah is like a compilation of verses in the Quran, which is our holy book. And I always love Al-Fatiha because it's a dua. It is a a saying, an asking to God to make sure he guides you in this dunya, this worldly world filled with the temporary. Can you make sure that I'm doing the right thing with the right people? And when I'm walking, I'm walking the right way. So if you could please make dua with me. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirabbil alamin. Arrahmanirrahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in. Ihdina siratal mustaqim. Siratal ladhina an'amta 'alayhim. Ghayril maghdubi 'alayhim waladhdallin. Amin. And I hope you may do all with us because I really want to make sure that whatever you're struggling through, whatever distractions you have, you're always able to recenter yourself and just keep striving. Like I always say, it's not how perfect you are. The best Muslim is the striving Muslim. Cash, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing space with us. Nah, thank you for having me. This was dope. I love I it. I appreciate it. I love it. Okay, make sure you join us next time, okay? Assalamu alaikum. 